Hello, I'm Jonathan Mast, and welcome to this edition of the Sedgwick Podcast. I am here today to talk with Paul Squires about our legal services in the UK, and Paul is our partner of legal services and recoveries, and specifically today we're going to talk about fixed recoverable costs. So, Paul, first of all, thanks for taking time to to share with our listeners uh, what you've got on your mind today. Thank you, Jonathan. It's my first Cedric podcast. Very much looking forward to it. <laughs> well, we will we will handle you with uh, with kindness. No, it's, it's always <laughs> a fun time, and uh, we do appreciate all our great subject matter experts. So let's let's jump right in and talk about uh, you know what are fixed recoverable costs for those listening if they aren't already familiar with this topic. Thanks, Jonathan. So fixed recoverable costs are a regime in. Uh, in the UK and England and Wales in particular, where a claimant party, uh, when they're successful in their litigation against defendant, they can charge a fixed amount of recoverable costs. The intention for this was to drive uh, not only sort of predictability in litigation costs, but also to speed up the process and to drive resolution of claims. It was initially brought in uh, around 2010 and focused at road traffic accident cases and, and, and claims of smaller values. Over the years, it's been extended. And now this October, we have uh, the spectre of an extension of the fixed recoverable costs regime to cover a much wider array of litigation here in England and Wales. That makes uh, perfect sense. And I guess, uh, you know, would lead one to ask, why has this change uh, been enacted then? So I guess the intention is to, as I sort of signposted earlier, to drive cost certainty, uh, to increase efficiency, and to reduce the overall time and expense involved with litigation. Uh, as part of the process, there will be set scale fees for various types of litigation, some simple, some more complex. Um, and there will also be a slimming down of some of the procedures around uh, witness statements, disclosure of documents, and so on. I think the issue is, though, uh, certainly ha- when I've looked at it and discussed it with some of my colleagues, like all these things, there, there are some good intentions, but there may all be some unforeseen uh, consequences, and especially looking at the courts and how busy they are, and anticipating that no doubt a lot of claimants will seek to issue proceedings in September, I just wonder whether the market is really ready for this quite seismic change in litigation funding and the spike of cases that we will see going through an already quite busy court system. Yeah, that's the case a lot of times, right? Is the, It seems like something really good is going to happen and then the, the byproduct and ripples may lead to to those things that then we, we all uh, maybe look back later and go, wish that hadn't happened. but. It uh, sounds like it's happening, and so how how will this change be applied uh, for fixed recoverable costs? No, exactly. So initially, they're going to extend what we call the fast track. So we're now looking at cases, uh, fast track is up to £25,000 in value, and they're introducing something called a new intermediate track, and that will apply from 25000 all the way up to £100,000 in damages. I won't go into a huge amount of detail here because I think there's a lot of commentary out there on that. But just to say at this point, there are there are four bands, band one being quite simple through to band four being more complex. And for each stage of the litigation, so pre-issue, 
proceedings all the way through to trial. As a party passes through those stages, they accrue a new set, a new fixed recoverable cost. So by the, the longer they go through the litigation, uh, the more costs they're able to recover because a charge applies to each stage. Um, there's a lot of information out there on it, and it, it's been in consultation for some years. I think this was initially signposted around 10 years ago. Uh, it was delayed because of the, some recent issues, I think COVID amongst others. So it's going to, I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting time. I think they've, they've, the, the courts have accepted that there will be an element of trial and error with this. They will see how it works in practice, and no doubt it will be tweaked in the future if it does prove to be unworkable, or, as I anticipate, what you might find, as of all these things, is that some of the claimants might adapt their models to try and maximise the amounts they can recover under this scheme. Well, you mentioned it in the previous question, but certainly all these changes are coming, but what is the impact? How, how are we going to see that uh, begin to, to ripple across uh, all the various sectors? Well, like I say, I think the, the intended impact is, is predictability and uh, the, the ability for parties to predict costs. And that's a, a noble goal. But I think there will be some unintended consequences. As you can imagine, for, for certain classes of claim now, uh, that the cost recoverable will be much, much lower. And so they will become less attractive areas for experts to practice in, not just legal experts, but perhaps the legal expenses insurance market or the, the ATE insurance market. They may well now see that this is a less attractive area for them. And if they pull out, what you could see is uh, an impact on access to justice. There may well be some claimants who can no longer get the litigation funding that they require to bring their action, which of course is, um, is not a good thing. The intention is to improve access to justice, but I can certainly envisage a situation where actually that access is is diminished. Um, and also, as, as I've said before, uh, looking at the way that the costs are staged, I think is quite interesting as well. Uh, previously, a party might have spent weeks, months, maybe even years uh, negotiating pre-issue, and they may have well have incurred a significant amount of costs in doing that, but the ultimate goal was to always avoid litigation. Whereas now, in this new environment, there would be no benefit for a claimant to do that. Rather, once they've sent their letter of claim and they receive a letter of response, and let's assume a defendant denies liability, if the claimant thinks they've got a, a good prospect claim, then it would be in their interest to issue proceedings as soon as possible. So rather than spending those years, it may well only be uh, weeks or, or maybe months pre-issue. And of course, what that will do will, will drive up the amount of cases going into litigation. And as I've said, I've got my concerns on whether the, the market is, um, is ready for that. Well, exactly. And I, I know you have some pretty interesting numbers there when speaking about uh, the current state of the market. Uh, you want to share those with our listeners? Because I think they're pretty pretty astounding. No, happy to, Jonathan. Well, as I was excited to uh, talk with you today, I thought I'd do some research. And I had a look into some numbers. And um, to be honest, they're quite gloomy. So looking at the current state of the civil courts here in England and Wales, there's an average of around 52 weeks for a small claim uh, being issued to reach a trial. And also in multi and fast track claims, we're looking at around 80 weeks to get to a trial. So that's a 
I think it's an 11% increase year on year. And you know, these are claims that are meant to be dealt with within within half a year. And you know, we're now looking at a year, a year and a half, uh, let alone the more complex ones. So when we're faced with a court that is struggling to recover from the impact of, of COVID, and we've also seen a number of court closures uh, and a reduction in court staffing, we now have the spectre of a huge spike in litigation. Um, as I've mentioned, there will be a lot of legacy firms that have uh, large WIP piles. So by WIP, I mean work in progress, uh, time they've incurred over a number of years. And if those firms want to defend that WIP, if they want to be able to recover it, then they need to issue proceedings before the new regime starts 1 October. So as I say, I think considering that um, in the, here in the UK, we generally like to go on holiday from sort of July and August uh, onwards. I think September will be a very busy month. And uh, having spoken to court staff, having spoken to some of my insurer clients and also um, colleagues from other law firms, there just seems to be a general lack of preparation for this, um, this spike that is, that is coming, let alone the fact that once fixed recoverable costs are in play, Again, as I said, parties, there will be no benefit to spending weeks and weeks and months uh, negotiating pre-issue. They will, they will spend the minimum period and they will issue proceedings so they can recover that next stage of fee. Um, so I just see a general lack of preparedness for this. I mean, uh, we're quite fortunate here. As you know, Centric Legal Services, we're quite a new venture. We knew about fixed recoverable costs when we were designing our system. So... We've got some case flows that we're, we're pretty confident we're, we're ready for the change and we don't have a large whip pile to defend. But I think for a lot of the market, it's going to be, it's going, there's going to be a real significant um, time of pressure, not unlike what we saw in 2013 when success fees were abolished. So it's going to be a really interesting time, but I thought I'd raise it with you, Jonathan. I've, I've tried to make it as interesting as possible. I appreciate fixed recoverable costs doesn't always leap off the page, but I do think it's a, a huge change that is coming that no one's really talking about, let alone uh, getting ready for. Well, it, it should be of interest because it sounds like it's going to impact lots and lots of people across a, a wide range of, uh, of areas. And as you mentioned, our Sedgwick Legal Services are, are here and ready. Uh, if people want to learn more, uh, find out more about how to get in touch with with you or, or the team, is there anything in particular they should know before we uh, close out for this show? No, thanks, Jonathan. No, other than I, I, I mean this when I say I'd be absolutely delighted if someone got in touch with me to talk about fixed recoverable costs. Uh, that, that, that would make my day, and I welcome all and any contact. Well, fantastic. Well, again, Paul, thank you for, for taking a little bit of time out of your day, and uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, get ready for those fixed recoverable cost changes, and uh, I'm sure we'll probably talk about this again on a on a future show. So, until next time. <laughs>